Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life. And the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and we have another wonderful, wonderful episode today, my friends. Today, we're just going to talk about really the power of getting into your deal and the power of leveraging other people because partnerships matter. The easiest way to get in a deal, I'm telling you, by far, the easiest way to make things change in your life is to partner up with someone that's already doing it and add value. How do you add value? Lots of different ways to add value. Finding a deal, finding the money, be a part of the operations. There's ways that you can add value to people and you can get into deals a lot faster instead of having you to do everything on your own. That's not the way the game's normally played. So listen up because we're going to have a really good episode on this one. And by the way, just want to give out a shout out to all my multifamily legacy podcast listeners who go out to iTunes and leave that five-star review. So love you, love you, love you. Bozeman2305 says thumbs up. Corey, your show is awesome. Thanks for putting free information on this podcast. You are blessed because your genuine desire to help. Uh, Jones says, recommended. I'd recommend this to anyone wanting to know more about the real estate, specifically multifamily. And then the last one comes from Angela. She was top show. Corey provides a lot of valuable information in each episode. Thank you. And new listeners here, and I can't wait to get through all of them. Well, that tends to be what happens, right? You get in this thing, and then all of a sudden you get suckered in, and you go and you listen to each and every episode. And listen, you can marathon it, man, I'm telling you. I love this podcast, by the way. I love doing it. I love having great guests on that are, you know, that can open up some eyes, open up your mind, and prepare you for what's ahead, which is really glorious sunsets and palm trees, cash flow. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the cash flow life, guys. Time and money and the ability to do things that you never thought possible. It happens because of this wonderful game of apartments. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. So my next guest is named Samson Jagaris. I just said it. I just messed it up again. I told him I would do it right, and I still did it wrong. So forgive me, Samson. Samson's a Hulk, by the way. He is a freaking... He's been lifting weights for a very long time, I think, brother. He uh, started his career as... Uh, on the desk in New York, in Wall Street. And it's funny how after, and then he actually scaled a business from $7 million in sales to over $100 million and going from 35 employees to 600 employees, okay? And he walked away from that high-income position to go all in in helping everyday investors put their money to work in large commercial apartment investments. So really, it's, it's a neat story of how 
He got in, got educated, networked like crazy, become a people person, found operators that he could add value with, and then really decided to turn it on and crush. That is the story, my friends. That is the story about how you, it doesn't matter where you start and what you have, if you put your mind to it, man, I'm telling you, you can have everything, and I mean everything, that you ever desired, but you've got to put and make that first step. And that is what Samson did. He made that first step. So, guys, let's welcome Samson to the show. Hey, Samson, welcome to the show, brother. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm talking to a living legend. I've been listening to your podcast for a really long time, so it's super cool to be here and get face-to-face, man. Man, I'm excited about this show because, man, everybody has a different way they get into deals. And this has kind of been the theme, I want to say, probably my last two or three podcasts we've done, but you've done it, I think, better than anybody else that I've brought on. And so this is going to be a lot of fun and really kind of calling this episode, I'm going to say leveraging other people and why partnerships matter. Because just explain to me, to the audience, who you are, where you come from, and what you've been able, like the short version, and we're going to get in the weeds with how it works, but what you've been able to accomplish from where your background is. Yeah, so I got my start September 29th, 2008. I was a futures and commodities broker when the entire housing market melted down and I watched the Dow Jones fall 777 points in a single day. And so I spent four years in that world. That was my introduction into investing and the world of high, high leverage. I mean, you know, people think leveraging an apartment is leverage. Like you have seen nothing until you watch the crude oil swing 10 bucks in a day and watch accounts swing, you know, 10, 20, 30%. So that was my introduction. And consistently, the people that made money in that business were actually people who owned stuff. Imagine that. They weren't speculating, right? They were gold producers, crude oil producers, farmers, crop, uh, soybean, cow, corn, et cetera. And so we were helping those guys hedge their crops. And those guys always made money because they were actually trading the real value of stuff. They weren't just speculating on the price going up and down. So that was like my first introduction to okay, you got to own stuff. I didn't own any real estate at that point. I was fresh out of college. You know, I had actually graduated with a degree in human physiology and uh, walked out of that on a Friday and walked into a commodities brokerage on a Monday. There's this step in, step up and change, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, crazy, it was a, right? a huge shift, right? You know, I've been an athlete my whole life and I'm just one of those guys. It's like, you put your head down and you just go figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, this is what it's done, right? Yeah. So right when the industry, right in 2008, when I got into it and the world was melting down, this was the same time when real-time quotes were coming out. So you know this, you were in the industry. So the age of the broker calling down to the floor and kind of holding the book of business, that was dying. And now we were competing on commissions because E-Trade rolled out five bucks a turn and real-time quotes. So we had to shift and we started doing a ton of managed monies. Well, for four years straight, I was sleeping with a laptop next to my bed and watching markets like the coffee market open at like one or two in the morning. And that'll kill your quality of life. I mean, I don't care who you are. I was newly married, stressed out, working from Sunday until Friday. And I started to hate my life. So I was going to leave. I was going to go be a financial planner. And I realized that I love finance, but I don't think I was quite ready to step into my entrepreneurial journey yet. And I got presented with an opportunity to come run business development and strategy for a fast-growing marketing and technology startup. And at the time, we were like 25 or 30 employees. And I was tasked with scaling new departments. I was the guy that just kind of went and figured it out. So for nine years straight, I built, you know, five departments, hired north of 400 people and helped take a company from 30 employees to 600 and a little over a hundred million. 
And along the way, built a real estate portfolio, along the way, built a gym business. And then uh, about two years ago, I started looking at the state of the market and was just saying, man, things are real frothy. And knowing what I know about economics, the market corrects every eight to 10 years. So I started just repositioning my life a little bit. And I started focusing on building some key partnerships, knowing that- All right, I'm going to pause for real quick, though. You went past your real estate stuff so fast, (laughs) right? So, but what what were you buying back then? Just single families, small multifamily stuff. Some smaller, smaller units, just like, but knowing that's, that feeling like that was the right place to be, right? Well, and I was under the impression too, like I had to have all the money. Like I didn't really know about this idea of syndication and this idea of partnerships and working with people who raise capital in order to go do bigger deals. And so you're coming into this now, you're having a new, now what changed? What piece of advice or information did you give that made you start looking at real estate differently? It was just this idea of scale, you know, scaling a company from 30 employees to 600, you start to quickly understand the power of just that much magnitude. And the same thing goes for just efficiency of the business and real estate, just the more doors that you have. And so it was really so just it was a, about more doors and scaling. So, right. Yeah. It's like I could spend 15, 20 years trying to take this all down by myself, or I could spend the next two years focused on building strategic relationships and partnerships and do one deal and effectively have more. And did you think, how did you come up with multifamily? Was that like really going into that piece? Is that just what it logically made sense for you? Or is that? Yeah, food, I mean, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Say, hey, I look over here, right? Yeah. Maslow's hierarchy needs food, shelter, and water. You know, at the time I was in an industry like where we had 67,000 square feet, we scaled up to 180,000 square feet of office space. And I could just see that things were shifting. And I'm like, man, nobody needs this much office space. At the end of the day, like we're moving to a more untethered society. And just housing just makes sense. Like at the end of the day, people are going to sacrifice every other bill in an attempt to keep a roof over their head. Right. And so at this point, you're like, you kind of come into this thing, but what am I good at? And you're like, I'm good at people. Good at people. I mean, obviously, to hire that many people and to grow a company. You've got to be somewhat of a people person. 100%. Like that's your net. That is my thing. I mean, you put me in front of a, just a large audience and I get energy from it. It gets me excited. I love people. I love strategy. I'm a big advocate for right people in the right seat. And so I just have a skill of just like looking at somebody and seeing what their talent is and backfilling my weakness, things that I'm not good at. Right. So that was your new mission here. You're like, dude, I'm ready to go. I think I can scale this idea, but I got to surround myself with a players, right? I mean, yep. the right people. Yeah. A- example would be, I can underwrite. My partner is a commercial loan originator, right? I'm never going to do it better than he can, right? He literally does it all day, every day. He's a wizard inside of a spreadsheet and he loves it. He gets excited about it. So those are the types of people. Put that you I was in front looking. of an Excel spreadsheet. You start getting like the hives, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm competent. I just want to know the big picture, but I don't need to put all the details in there. Right. Yep. Exactly. Right. People in the right seat. So by the way, where'd you get that from? Just for everybody listening, right. People in the right seat. Yeah. I'm a big fan of EOS. So if you follow the, uh, if you've read the book traction, that's an incredible book. Yeah. EOS system is awesome. You know, basically business breaks down to three things, sales and marketing operation, HR and finance. And you just find the right people and put them in the right seat. That's exactly what it is. We operate under EOS as well in my company, right? And I'm a big believer of traction, right? It is about the right people in the right seats of the bus so that you can drive, uh, you get so much more traction that way. <laughs> Literally. So, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> the name of the book. So, now, dude, so, okay, 
now you got a focus, you got a vision, and now you're going to go at it. Who do you bring on your team first, or how do you go find team members? Yeah, so step one was just making sure that I was, I had the right education, right? So, you know, the, the way that it was presented to me, there's five ways that you get into the industry. You're born into it. You spend seven to 10 years working in it, right? You go banging your head against the wall, or you find a mentor, right? And, and or you can just go be passive, right? That would be number five, right? Yeah. And so I'm not interested in being passive. You know, I like the game. I like being in the fire. I like building things. That's what I love to do. Right. And so the uh, first thing I started doing was writing my own business plan. And then I went out and I started seeking out mentors. And, and really, I was just looking for people. I shared their thesis on how they approached the business. There's a lot of people who they do, you know, one deal with this guy and another deal with that guy. And they're kind of like scattered. And then there's groups that are very systematic. Like we buy a specific flavor at a specific size and scale. And we do that on repeat and we don't do anything else. That makes sense to me. That's scalability to me in my mind. So I found those guys and the groups actually I'll give them a shout out 37 parallel. If you don't know who those guys are, Chad Doty and Dan Chamberlain, incredible human beings started talking to them about being an investor. And they're like, dude, you don't want to be an investor. <laughs> You probably want to go and you know learn how to be active. We have this other little thing that we don't really talk about, but we're happy to mentor you. So I paid the money to do that and spent you know an entire year just making sure that I had a solid business plan, understood fully how the industry worked, and then from there strategically use my strategy mind to start breaking down. Okay, here's where I'm strong. Here's where I'm weak, and these are all the players that I need to go find to build my team. Boom! All right, so this is like the uh, act one of a great drama, right? <laughs> You assemble the you know, Voltron, right? You find you're like you go and you, you say, "Hey, listen!" Before you even assemble Voltron, you got to know what Voltron even looks like. So you go get educated. Yep. First and foremost, most people that get in this business they f it up because they don't want to. I know, I know. Well, you don't know. Go find someone that's doing it at a pretty good level and take some time to take the medicine. Yes. Right. And then internalize it. You took you did it for a whole year. Yep. One hundred percent. By doing it a whole year, you all of a sudden got a lot more confidence and, you know, you started feeling like, okay, I'm starting to know it. And then there's always a time that you like break out of the shell of the egg and you come in, you're like, I'm fucking ready. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's go. Well, yeah. And a hundred percent for me, <laughs> I just knew I hadn't scaled the company, scaled five departments, you know, owned a couple businesses that I could just see around the corner and down the road. So I already knew who to expect or anticipate that I needed on my team before I got to that point. So I was just looking for those people. So being a part of this group and this network, I strategically came across people where I'm like, you're not as good at communicating as I am, but damn, you're good in a spreadsheet. And by the way, for everybody listening right now, just so I want to give you a visual of Samson. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, okay, Samson's coming here. He's got to be like six foot I don't know, three, four. I love that. That's like, just the high seat, man. 275, <laughs> Greek God, looking like Samson. You know Samson, right? That guy. So here he is. Very humble. Thank you very much for that. But I just want to give everybody just the visual description of, you know, he's got some tats a little bit somewhere. There we go. boy. But just taking all that information, then he's ready to roll, dude. It's like, gosh, damn, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. I think that's one of the things that I'm pretty good at is just inspiring other people and bringing people together as, you know, following the EOS system, right? Like I have that visionary capability, but I also have that implementer capability where I know how to get into the trenches and build something just enough and then find the right person to step in the seat and go execute on it. Yeah. So at this point, you're ready to assemble Voltron and like, okay, so you probably do some self-reflecting of where am I at, what I have, right? 
Yeah, 100 percent. And so what I did know going into it is, man, you know, I was stepping in at a time in the market when it's super competitive. Guys like you have been, you know, in the trenches doing this for way longer than I had. So when you show up to the closing table, you know, the broker cares about one thing. Can you close? Right. Show me the money effectively. And so give me my paycheck. Yeah. So it's much less about your own track record and what's the track record of the group. So strategically, man, I very, very blessed. I mean, got put the right people in my life and I just had the wherewithal to actually pay attention <laughs> to just find some key people who've become great mentors and key principals for any and all future deals that we're putting together. Great advisory. I mean, we're talking about guys who are managing $750 million worth of apartment assets in one of the toughest markets in the world, which is freaking New York. Like those dudes know how to manage a freaking apartment. And so being yep. able to lean on their skill set, man, that's incredibly powerful. But it also says a lot when you know you slide the the term sheet across in your LOI with like who's on your team. And that's the leverage by okay, so you went out and found Voltron. Yes, like sir. The baddest one that you could find, dude. And, and it was it's a New York badass, seven hundred and fifty million dollars type of Voltron bolt on to your machine, right? And you know what his problem was? His problem was, is I'm so consumed with my business here and it's becoming so hard to transact in New York that I need boots on the ground so that we can go find deals in other markets because I just can't make sense of the numbers and it's getting less and less landlord friendly to be here in New York and I need some diversification. Yep. So you got it. And so he's saying, hey, man, Samson, add value to what I've got. Here's I'm a thing over here and I'm cool, but I got problems too, which is and this is the thing with every successful operator. They always have problems in their businesses, believe it or not. And if you can go in there and then add value to figure out a solution for them, you get to be accepted on the team. Yep, 100%. Right? It's, yeah, it's mutually beneficial for us to be, to be working together. It's not even competition. This is like, no, we're playing a team sport here. And they're like, dude, you're in. You're playing the game. Go find us thing that looks like this in a different market. You got it. Yeah. And, and you looked at it and said, oh, hell yeah. That's what yep. I'm all about it. And they made me better at underwriting. They'd be better at analyzing deals critically because a good partnership like that, you want them to push back on your model and your thesis and your business plan. Right. So we try to package it up as well as we possibly can and then deliver it to them. And then they co-underwrite it using their model, which is a little bit different than ours. And then we ship it off to some other mentors and advisors. And by the time we are even ready to submit an offer, it's gone through like six, seven different iterations of the model. Right. Perfect. And it's gotten better and better every way through. And now it's more of a viable deal because everybody's had their chance to underwrite it and vet it. Right. You got Which it. Which is really, that's all you want. Like that's what a good partnership looks like is like, Hey, we got a potential deal. All right. Well, but is it a deal? Yep. And everybody's going to put their spin on it. And then if it passes, everybody's check mark, then it's a deal. Let's a go after one. it. Let's yep. get it. Right. Yeah. I think that's Samson, lock it up. Right. That's, that's definitely one of the confirmation bias is a very real thing. I mean, you spend so much time analyzing deals and looking at deals and wanting to get a deal done. And it might be two, three, four months before you're actually able to execute on something. And it's really easy to get overcommitted to it and make some really bad decisions. And you want somebody to call you out effectively. Oh, that's a great one. Everybody that's listening right now, that's that's real right now because the market is hot and there's people that are overpaying for stuff, right? Yeah. Grossly overpaying. I'm in Colorado, so tell me about it. Denver's like a three cap. I saw something trade for a two and a half cap the other day. 
And so with that said, like there's so you got to have some checks and balances. And really, that's what he's saying is there's times where you like and most people will get this. I call it analysis, not analysis paralysis, but they just get so their blinders are on this one deal. And the truth is, Samson, we can all make a deal work if we play with the numbers long enough. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about IRR. I mean, you tweak the numbers enough and it just gets sexier and sexier. It's a deal. <laughs> and then you have, you know, the guys that are the best that, that do this job realize if you take all the emotion out, and that's what you're talking about, that's what these guys helped you do, yep. was really to help, help take your emotion out of it. And 100%. like, let's make just good business decisions because that's what running is a multi-million dollar business. That, and once you understand that piece, then the world gets a lot simpler. Right. Absolutely. You don't even have to get mad if they say no. It's like, well, all right. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, I tried, you know, <laughs> exactly. but then it just makes you so much better is what you're saying. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So as, um, as the business has progressed, so we were going full tail boogie woogie. I was anticipating some sort of correction. The market corrects every eight to 10 years. History doesn't repeat itself, but it tends to rhyme. And uh, I didn't expect a COVID correction or anything like that, but when that happened, we were like, it's go time. Like now's the time to be tripling down on everything. Obviously, continually being judicious, judicious in our underwriting and our screening. But, you know, we've seen more deals in the first quarter of 2021 than we saw all last year in totality. And that's because stuff started. Nobody, to nobody was selling. And also now everybody, now it's crazy, right? Correct. You know, in between at the top of the market, deals are trading a bunch. At the bottom of the market, deals are trading a bunch. But in between in that uncertainty, nothing's happening. But as yeah. soon as you start to see that deal flow coming along, that starts to give you a little idea about how the market sentiment's starting to change. And so with that being said, you know, our strategy has shifted just a touch. You know, everybody loves Texas. I mean, you talk to somebody and they talk about multifamily, they'll talk about Texas. So we started running the numbers on some of our, we have about 30 markets that we're looking at in totality. We started running some of the numbers and just looking at available inventory on product that's 1978 or newer and hundred units or more. And we pulled up 15 of those markets. There was like a thousand total properties or owners that we could go after. Then we did that same screen in Texas. There was 4,000. So there's four times as many opportunities in Texas as there are in some of these secondary and tertiary markets. My belief set is that the biggest challenge that we're going to face over the next 10 years is going to be affordability. And affordability is going to drive net migration to a certain point because Jobs are great, but we live in this untethered society now, which COVID pretty much triggered. So where's things going? Not where have things been, you know? Yeah, where are the jobs, right? Like where is people and how old roads point to Texas, right? <laughs> yeah, te Texas is great, but I also think there's something to be said that like, you know, like a, something like Oklahoma, you know, like Dude, Oklahoma is one of the most affordable places to live in the country right straight now. Straight up, oh, Tulsa, like Oklahoma City, uh, the surrounding metros of oklahoma city that greater metro is great we like that we like the south we still like georgia we still like north uh, south carolina there? are good yeah you have to I, I, here's a hidden market I, i'll say hidden market at least in my mind is south dakota yeah and the reason is is there's just it's weird but like i go to sturgis every year and i keep <laughs> seeing all these apartments new apartments being built and i'm like what the hell is going on every time i come out here there's more and more stuff and then i start listening and asking i'm finding there's more jobs coming and so, I don't know. I always like looking for things like that, right? That's the fun part of the business, right? Yeah. Well, I'm also a commercial real estate broker. And so, on a small scale, I have a customer who's literally selling his entire life here in Northern Colorado and moving to South Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So, okay. 
So this is like three years ago, right? I mean, that you really made the real going into multifamily. That's pretty fast. Like the connects that you made, awesome, by the way, right? Yeah, thank you. What do you think helped get those connections to be where you're at? Like, what would you say that you did that really helped like cement that bond that you have with these groups? You know what? I think number one, it's just being really clear on what you're looking for. You got to have a real honest look in the mirror and say, hey, where am I weak? And how can I sure this up? And then two, I've just always been really good at networking. It's just a skill set. So, you know, when I first kind of started going down this route, I took my entire Rolodex and I put it into a spreadsheet. And obviously, you know, those are all potential people that could invest with you. But number two is like, some of these people are well connected in other ways. You know what I mean? So I call them network accelerators. So I just went through and just kind of started highlighting all those people. And then from there, it just becomes easy. Hey, take this phone call, jump on this. And and I had a transition plan too. Like I didn't just, you know, pull the ripcord day one, walk yeah. away from $250,000 a year salary, and just jump headfirst in the pond like an idiot. You know, I strategically pulled the bandaid over a few years until I got to the point where I feel like I got the right people in the place and I got enough passive income coming in from other businesses and other little real yeah. estate to really feel like I have a consistent salary to go, you know, all in on this. And, and it's just time too, man. I think that people are so unwilling to put in the time to take the phone call, to go to the this, meeting. Right. Yes. To- but if you don't like what else is going on in your life and if you don't do this work now, because that's what I want to get to is the lifestyle. Like what does it give you? But I want to bring up this point too. Cause we're just talking about like, you know, total in all the groups that you're kind of working with here and you're adding value that is assets under management of almost a billion dollars, right? Yep. And if you could get 10, 15, 20% of that number in any way, shape or form by adding value, coming into partnerships and they're like, Hey, yeah, we've got the money. We're going to help you just find us. And we all can partner and make good business and repeat it time and time again, as long as it meets X requirements, let's do it. Right. Yep. My other partner, they come from the world of storage. So they're, storage development and storage acquisition. Obviously that translates pretty well to understanding multifamily. Yeah. But that partnership was bridged on the back of, hey, our capital partner, they said, they're asking for more multifamily deals. We're really good at finding storage deals. We're really good at finding development properties. We want to start doing multifamily development, but we need somebody that we can like partner with who's really good at the acquisition side, knows how to find deals, has inroads with brokers, is calling on off-market opportunities and doing some of the work. So again, we added value in a way that they didn't currently have access to. That scares people a lot of time. They're like, well, these guys, you know, they got $210 million of storage assets under management. Why would they ever want to work with you? It's just like, because they don't have the skill set or the track record of the systems in place that we do from a multifamily standpoint. Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. Right. That's awesome, right? So... I mean, that is the ultimate leverage, leveraging, you know, really why the partnerships matter piece that we're talking about today. Let's talk about lifestyle because I would say, I mean, to me, this is like three years in with some change coming into this thing. That's a remarkable track record of what you've 
been able to achieve right now. So what kind of lifestyle that does that give you different from what you were having before? Because you started, you talked about early on, it was just stress to the max to starting this. And, but now you've transitioned more on the side of apartment investing. What does that feel like? Well, I mean, it's the number one thing that I've been focused on for the last three years. You know, I, when you're scaling up a, a fast growing marketing and technology company and you're really at the helm as the strategy officer responsible to 350 other direct people that you oversee, you are in an office for nine to 12 hours a day. And, you know, for nine years, basically, I woke up. I like to work out. It's ingrained in me from playing football. And since I was 14, I've gotten up at, you know, five in the morning. So I was getting up at about 4.30 in the morning. I'd go train. Then I'd go to the office all day. And then I had other businesses and responsibility in real estate. And then I'd go handle that. And then I'd come home. And I'm a freaking zombie. When I get home with my kids, I got two beautiful daughters, seven and nine, an amazing wife. And I just wanted more time with them. You know, like I wasn't, I didn't want to wait until I was 55 or 60 when I have all the time and none of my kids want to hang out with me anymore. Yeah. I wanted to do it now. You get 18 summers, man. Well, yeah, don't say that, man. I'm halfway through it. So that was it for me. So I was, I've been so obsessed with cash flow and lifestyle design for the last three, four years. That being on the other side of that, man, I'd take my kids to school twice a week. I pick them up twice a week. I eat lunch with them a couple times a week. I eat breakfast with them almost every single day. I'm at all their games, doing all their stuff. And I get to see my wife every day, all day. You know, she's, she's a relationship. Huh? Yeah, she's a residential agent and an incredible um, interior designer. And so we're just like in our flow, like all the time. And, and for me, that's what it's about, man. You can take away the house and the cars and all that crap. It only gets better, right? I mean, this, this yeah. is the best part of this game that I know. It only gets better, right? 100%. I mean, I'm living, I swear to God, I knock on wood. I pinch myself sometimes. I was like, honey, you believe we're living this life, right? <laughs> we just look at each other. We're like, we start getting giddy because I mean, I came from nothing, man. And to be in, but I always wanted time and money. That's the two things, right? It's not just one. It's got to be both or it's not worth it. 100%. And you're already starting to get a good taste of that coming back, right? And you're, only put in three years. I say only because I think it's a five to seven year game to really make the multifamily piece really get sweet. Because when you start getting on the exit of those deals and they start to mature, that's when the fat paydays show up. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and most people just aren't willing to do anything that long. You know, I quit a lot of things to training, but it's like, it's like getting abs, like getting in the best shape of your life. You know, a lot of people come into the gym and they want to like go be a bodybuilder or do something like that. It's like, man, we got to take you from couch potato to like walking to competent to the bodybuilding stage is like two, three years out for you. Most people just don't have that kind of patience, you know, the short term gratification, right? Yep. Of slowly getting there. Right now, I'll tell you this. And this is just because you talked about waking up at five o'clock in the morning, right? I've never been a morning person in my life. Okay. But last year, my son became a freshman in high school, and someone, and he's in zero hour, meaning uh, he's plays football too, right? And he's all about, he lives at the gym, I swear to God, right? But at five o'clock, he's got to go, he's got to get school, right? And so I started a regimen where I, you know, I, or six o'clock, right? Zero hour, right? And so I wake up at five now and I used to get him up. Now he's got someone to pick him up. So it's even better. But now I go to the gym. <laughs> nice. And I'm going to tell you that three hour window from five o'clock to nine is mine. Yep. 
And, you know, whether I want to you know, have lunch or breakfast with my wife or just whatever, we go on walks. Usually we go to the gym, then we go on a walk. And that's our daily. And I'll tell you, it's changed my life, right? Having that morning routine. 100%. Yeah, I've been very regimented for a very long time. And, and you alluded to it, but consistency is the superpower. When you do five minutes worth of work on your business plan each and every single day for two, three years, I mean, it's a lot more than most people do. So being consistent in that and having a good plan is, and a good daily regimen is a really easy way to do that. You can plan in that extra time while it's still your side hustle to be able to get a lot of momentum, you know? Yeah. So that in yeah. two, three years, you can actually step away. As I get older too, you know, I got a lot of gray. You don't have as much gray as I got, brother. <laughs> That's why I keep it trimmed on the sides. <laughs> <laughs> but I think about this, the game, you know, health is just as, as much of a, you know, it's really time, money, and health. Yep. If you got time and money, but you don't have your health, all this, the game's not worth it still. And so you've got to do a little bit of all three, and there's a balance to it, right? And you're playing the game right now full out. You've got, you're leveraging all the people that you know to create an amazing life. How does it feel? It feels incredible, man. Not only is it more fun to do it together with other people, uh, it's fulfilling. You know, I think we focus way too much in our society on achievement. And you said it, I can make a lot of money. I know a lot of millionaires who are incredibly unhappy human beings. They're just not very fulfilled. And I firmly believe that when you're doing the thing that you're supposed to do and you're enjoying it every single day and you have time to spend with your family and do the things that matter to you most, because at the end of the day, like making money is cool, but making impact is cooler. When you're doing that day in and day out, it's incredibly fulfilling and you'll live a very happy and joyful life, right? Which is this perpetual state of happiness. Yeah. What would your wife would say would be the biggest change? I'm just present. I'm a lot more present. I'm around all the time and I'm engaged with my kids and, you know, we get to see each other. More Which than gives we her have. happiness, right? Cause she's like, this is the guy I married. Yep. Right. But I wanted you to be present to, be, to raise our kids. I don't want you all the work. Yep. Right. And then, she's busy and then, too, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's, if she's a full-time agent, she is too, right? I mean, and that's the crazy world. But it's always nice to know that, hey, there's some peace in the chaos. And that's creating that time peace where you don't have to be on the beck and call, right? Well, yep. The only downfall of being a realtor is they're subject to other people's trying to tell them what to do, right? Yep. Part of what you're doing which on the ownership side is everybody's on the beck and call to you. Yep, and you get to call your shots, right? Absolutely. So kudos to you, brother, and that lifestyle. So as we kind of wrap it up and kind of wind down this thing, by the way, great show. I, I love this energy. I love your story, man, because I think it's so many ways to get into a deals, right? Yeah. And most people think that you got to have money. No, I think sir. it's the last thing that you have to have. You got it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, money is probably the weakest hand in the entire deal, to be frank. I mean, you need knowledge and you need a team. And then you need money. Genuinely you have too much money and not enough deals or too many deals and not enough money. <laughs> yeah. But if you leverage, you know, and this is like leverage everything, man. Leverage the people that you know. Leverage all the contacts. You started talking about earlier. You know, pull up your Rolodex and figure out how to leverage those relationships to open up other doors. Amen. That stuff doesn't get taught enough. And I think that's what we should be teaching in schools personally because that's the piece that matters. It's people. Agreed, 100%. People All right, so books that you're reading now that you'd strongly recommend or something that, that you want to share? 
So I, I love economics. I study it a ton. I'm really interested to see just how our currency is playing out in our current market. So a great book is called The American Jubilee by Porter Stansbury. If you haven't read it, it's super awesome. He basically you know, catalogs history and talks specifically about he wrote it in 2017. And if you read that book in 2017 and you saw what was happening today, you feel like you had a crystal ball. Basically talking about how the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. He also talks specifically about how to take your money when and if you know the failure of the dollar comes about, how you should be positioning that. When, what? not if. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When, you know, how long can we keep kicking the can on the road? But you know, specifically in the book, he talks about real estate. He talks about owning assets. He talks about food, shelter, and water, and those being the things that you ultimately want to own. And historically speaking, other than 2008, like real estate's held up substantially well during you know, any kind of economic downturn. So that's a good one. I'm also starting to read a book called The Bitcoin Standard, which is just talking a little bit more about how cryptocurrency um, versus fiat currency um, and how that potentially plays out. And then I'm just consuming as much economic news as I possibly can on a daily basis. I stay pretty tapped in to, you know, micro and macroeconomics and, and try to yeah. think for myself. I don't, you know, I don't just believe what everybody's telling me. I try to leverage some of that futuristic mindset to kind of see around what's happening down the road and how things could change. It could look totally different. That's that different financial person inside you that doesn't ever <laughs> want to give it up, right? Never, ever. I yeah. always want to have my foot on the gas a little bit when it comes to the market, to what's going on. It's important right? as a portfolio manager. It is. It really is. I mean, you owe it to your investors to pay attention. 100%. Right? So they know what's going on because they're really counting on you guys to guide the boat, right? Sometimes there's course corrections you got to make, right? Yep. Sometimes there are big course corrections like COVID, right? <laughs> yeah. Where you really, you got to turn the boat a little bit more than you normally would. All right. So if you could give... Anybody that's new or that's been in this business for a while, some piece of advice, what would you tell them? I mean, I think it's just the topic here in this entire podcast, which is the value of a partnership. It is the most crucial and vital thing to long-term success in business, period, end of story. If you don't leverage partnerships and build a team, effectively, you're just creating a glorified job for yourself. And if we're just chasing time at the end of the day and time is money, then you didn't get into business or entrepreneurship to just go work another W-2. Actually, you should go get a W-2. It'd be more fun. You make more money. You get paid time off. And you get checked out when you're off the clock, right? Off the clock, you're off the clock, right? Go do that. You'll have more fun. You got into this because you wanted to create time freedom. You want to be able to build a legacy for yourself. And so if you haven't read the book Traction and you're an entrepreneur, I strongly recommend it. As somebody who's built apartments and done a lot of strategy, even leveraged traction at that small of a scale, just leading a team, it freaking works. What gets measured gets done and it simplifies business so that you can find the key players that you need and get the right butts in the right seat. Amen to that. All right. Listen, love it. Love the concept here today. If people want to get a hold of you, how do they find you? So actually, which is awesome, I started putting together a little course. So one of the things I realized is a lot of people don't know a ton about passive investing. They don't realize that they can get the same, if not better returns by being passively invested. And a lot of times they don't take action because there's a lot of uncertainty. So I've actually built a little course that talks specifically from a passive investor's eyes on how to be sophisticated and critically analyze deals. So whether you invest with me or you invest with the big kahuna or anybody, you know how to sophisticatedly and critically analyze the deal. So you can head over to passiveinvesting.pro where I put together a masterclass talking about that. Uh, The other way you can check us out, Growth View Properties, you'll drop that in the show notes. And then I'm all over Instagram and LinkedIn and go on another podcast as well. So 
follow along and I'd love to share anything I can. Awesome. Samson, thank you for your time, man. Listen, guys, if you're listening right now, lots of ways to make money, lots of ways to get into deals. You can really, you just name it, something that you want. But here's the trick is you've got to believe it, right? It starts with belief. Before you can do anything and get out of your little space, your little comfort zone, you got to get a little bit uncomfortable and you got to make a decision. And that decision is that you're going to run towards multifamily. You're going to do the little steps along the way to get yourself moving. And that's how you become successful. (laughs) If you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible.